Welcome to Tough Love Podcast with me, Mairead Lachman, matchmaker, dating specialist and the founder of Love HQ Matchmaking. And me, Stephanie Wiegand, clinical psychotherapist and relationship specialist. This week on Tough Love, we have decided to talk about all things relationships, the different types of relationships, how it suits some people to be in polyamorous relationships or for some people to be in different types. And I think it's a really good idea, if I may say, um, Mairead, I think it's a really good idea because there's a lot of lot of talk and a lot of communication, a lot of chat out there about it and maybe no harm to sort of clarify a little and talk a little about what it's like, what we pick up on these subjects. Yeah, and I think especially being in Ireland, like we were the first country in the world to um, legalise same-sex marriage and you know even within that there's so many constraints for other types of relationships still so I think it's really important that we you know you and I specialise in love all areas of love healthy relationships it doesn't matter what form they come in so let's discuss it absolutely so like every week we talk about, we tend to talk about, because in the mainstream of what I do, um, it tends to be monogamous relationships, whether people are um, heterosexual, whether they're gay, whatever, it, it doesn't matter, mm-hmm. you know, um, but it does tend to be monogamous relationships we look about, look at. Um, but we decided this week we talk about other types and, and in, under that there comes non-monogamous relationships. So we might yeah. start with that, Stephanie. Um, non-monogamy is an umbrella term that encompasses various types of relationships, including polyamory, open relationships, swinging and more. Um, and so I think it's no harm to to look that, you know, there are within that even again so many different divides down and uh, non-monogamous relationships they and this is the difference okay so some people think oh you know someone having an affair or someone being in an open relationship that's non-monogamous to a certain extent it is but non-monogamous relationships are consensual and yes, all involved the, and i think that's the, the key difference. that's the clear difference yeah are consensual and um all involved parties are aware of the agreement. So that's the difference between somebody just kind of cheating on you and you actually being in a non-monogamous relationship. Yes. And I think um, that's that's why it's, I mean, I think it's interesting to discuss, first of all, because in many ways, we're all limited by our own experience. We're all limited by what we know. And, um, uh, and there's quite a little bit out there, as I say, in the media about it. And I think people are sometimes confused by maybe how much of it is there is actually happening. And yes. you know, are we are we missing out on something here? And and or are we are we not understanding that this is happening um, yes. in relationships? And I suppose I, I I found myself saying just to myself, even in reflecting and saying, well, I I, I don't come across it very often. That's yeah. for sure. Um, now you could say, well, people are already pre-selected in coming to me that they're coming with a problem, perhaps, mm-hmm. but they're not really very pre-selected in coming to you. So I think it's just important to put that there in terms of uh, we don't see it as common in any way. Um, I looked up some of the, the the figures that we have available on this kind of area. And if we think of it in non-monogamous or polyamory, where there's more yeah. than more than two um, in a romantic relationship, you know, in the US, they would say that the, the figures are less than between four and five percent of the population. Yeah. practice some form of that. What was also interesting was that 20 percent of singles would say that they have you know tried some form of that in their lives at some point in their lives not that they would have been necessarily in a relationship for a long time but some version form of of relationships and we talk about this now we're talking about people that are aware that they're you know they are aware that they're in um, this type of relationship it has been communicated it's not just that someone it's an indicting in of a third yeah then we're not talking about just someone who's decided to dabble maybe in just a sexual way for for one experience we're talking about actual relationships yes and where it's it's established maintained and sustained and agreed upon and um i think that is you know it is interesting and of course culturally i mean there are many cultures you know you know particularly in africa where where this is is very common and it's a very common format there is um west africa is very well known for having these you know polyamorous mm-hmm. kind of marriages and where people can have many wives and um, I think it's in Nepal where it tends to be the other way around. I think it's polyandry where women have many husbands. So it's usually the other, you know, it's usually that there are more, yeah. more um, wives. That's what we've kind of in our minds yes. kind of have heard more about. But in fact, there are rare, rare situations like in Nepal where apparently they have, um, women have 
had the practice of having more men and it was related to the fact that the terrain was so difficult and that they needed more, if you like, manpower. So so it's kind of interesting if you just look at it in that real benign way, you know, really. Yeah, in the real kind of hunter-gatherer way as well. That it was a kind of a way of surviving, and yeah. and I suppose I and and helping families and relationships to survive, and yes. and it's kind of interesting. I, I I find, and I don't have the answer at all here, but I think is there some kind of you know leaning back towards that? Is there some you know way? Are people in some way looking to sustain marriage and to sustain these long term relationships? which maybe do run into to difficulty because we do know yeah. that, you know, we're moving up towards, you know, the average of 50% of marriages breaking and you and I know all the problems mm-hmm. people are having. In our, so just kind of, that's just a question I have. I think it's no harm having this conversation. As I regularly say, there are no rules within relationships. There are no rules within dating. Once the two people or three or four or five we're going to talk about today in that relationship are comfortable, have communicated well, um, it doesn't matter whatever your rules are, whatever your love looks like, yeah. you know, it's none of anybody else's business. But it just I think as well, educating people to know there are other options out there, that there are different types of relationships that you could explore and um, that you might be more comfortable in. And I think as well as, you know, Irish society, I think it's really important that we discuss different types of relationships and edu- help educate people um, yes. in different forms of love and relationships. And in a way, we're just opening it up. I mean, when you say it there, I, I personally, I can't, I can't, haven't got to the point where I'm saying to people, I think this would be a great idea for you because, yeah. you know, I haven't met anybody that I, that thought it has come to my mind mm-hmm. because I have dealt with it a little bit and maybe, maybe it's important to share that and where I come from and the understanding of it. Yes. Um, that I have, I have certainly, you know, I would have dealt with it a number of times in therapy. And again, we would say they've pre-selected and come in uh, to me. So they obviously were having some issues already. And um, one or two things that I would would pick up is that um, it's really important to look at who initiates it and where the power is in it. And if their yes. power is equal um, um, and, and if it feels like something very positive for both parties, then, I, you know, I, my mind would be be open to that concept and to the healthy factors that could be involved there. Okay. But if there is um, if the if the initiation becomes from one party and the other person doesn't feel they have a power to say no or to, you know, really exert influence, then like in all things, I would be concerned for that person then. Of course. Um well, maybe start off with polyamory. Polyamory refers yes. to having romantic relationships with multiple partners while open relationships involve having sexual relationships, as we said, with people outside, yeah. you know, of their, their primary relationship. Um, when it comes to polyamory, there's different types as well, which, yeah. which is quite interesting. So there's tri- a triad or a triple. Now, we would have seen this in the um, media recently, uh, allegedly with um, Una Healy. She was quite open about it um, yes. and her partner's which have since broken up. And I think one of the th- reasons she cited for them breaking up was the amount of pressure from society and media and kind of outside influence, which I think is really sad for any relationship to break up for that reason. Mm-hmm. Um, but what the triad is, is three people and we're all three people are equal within the relationship as well, also known as a triple. Yeah. The other type then is a V when one person is in a relationship um, with two separate people. So it's not like a triangle. It's kind of you know, or a closed triangle, it's more um, yes. one person has two different. So you might have someone that might have a spouse and also a boyfriend um, or a spouse and maybe a girlfriend, not to be confused with somebody just having an affair. These people would all know about each other and would yeah. be quite open and good communication. Um, yeah. And then there's a polycule, which I thought was quite interesting. So Technically, this can be made up with triads and Vs, which we've just spoken about. But um, what polycules are, there might be person A might be dating person B, but person B might be married to person C. So there could be, you know, any number of people within this um, yes. polycule. Um, and, you know, some some people might be dating each other and and uh, they're, they're just kind of all the forms that are linked. It's kind of like a family tree, how it can all kind of... Yeah. Um, branch out from each other and um, but there are obviously with you know within polyamory there are di- very different types of relationships and again there are no rules and um, it's completely up to to what everybody wishes within that once everybody is clear and um, 
uh, you know, and I think it is yeah. important. I One thing that I have definitely from all the reading that I have done, looking into the different types of relationships and polyamory and uh, open relationships and even things we might talk about in, in a little while as well, situationships and friends with benefits, they're more on the sexual side of things. Yeah. Um, but one thing I definitely would have say, seen is they require they really require a high level of emotional intelligence and self-awareness and um, yes. from all involved, like you are kind of uh, playing a little bit with maybe and opening yourself up to a little bit of jealousy um, and, you know, transparency. There needs to be very clear communication and what it is like. I know myself, if I was in that sort of relationship and. You know, he said to me that he was going out for dinner with the other lady tonight and not me. I know I'd be yeah. jealous straight away, you know. So even if you look at your, maybe your own friendships and how you react within friend groups, you know, yes. um, it might be no harm to look at, you know, how you might potentially react within that type of relationship. Yeah. I think what you're, what you're saying there is, you know, being psychologically and emotionally set, are you, you know, are you in any way able for that? Um, but and of course, we're also very culturally unset for it. You know, yes. I, I think we have to acknowledge that we're, we've lived in a we are, you know, in our culture, it has been very monogamous. That's what we've been mm-hmm. taught to kind of expect. So, um, you know, I do think you have to be quite sexually open, free and confident and and many people really are and um but you've got to be sure you're able for for this kind of a situation where jealousy as you say and the the kind of boundaries of of certainty that you might feel around the love which is which is something people constantly navigate so so yeah. you do have to really be in a in an extremely good headspace and emotional space and i think sexually too you've got to feel very very confident very yeah. Um, very sure that you are enough, that you feel you are enough, you know, or, yeah. or because we all have, everybody has uncertainties within there somewhere. And I do, I do think it's it's interesting that um, when you look at the figures, that um, the in in both in the UK and and in the US, that fifty percent of bisexual people report being involved at some point in polyamory situations. So almost twice as much mm-hmm. as, as heterosexual people. And I think that's kind of interesting because, to, and sometimes maybe I think they've, they've, they've by necessity had to explore their, you know, their They are more, they would tend to be more open anyway, yeah. you know, like um, you don't hear a huge amount anyway without in my own friend groups of, um, straight people just ex- exploring even with same sex just to even explore it um, but then I would see like my cousins and like a lot of their friends are openly bisexual and like she'd be maybe about eight years younger than I would and the way her friends and her friends groups you know explore t- different types of relationships and sexuality um, I, I kind of admire them if I'm honest that it's just so yes. openly spoken about it's like just it is what it is you know and I, and I think sometimes when if you if you are very heterosexual, I think it can be very difficult to understand that mm-hmm. for for people who, who who are bisexual, it's just that's just simply not what is an issue for you is simply not an issue for mm-hmm. them. And you must. So I, I do think it's incumbent on us all to be open and to really try and be open about it. Also, probably in time, it'd be lovely to talk to some people who might like to uh, tell us their stories on this. Yeah, I'd love to hear that if anybody is, has had an experience of being in a trouble or polyamorous relationship or um, a polycule relationship you might let us know we'd love to or even send us an email I'd love to you know explore that a little bit more I recently had a lady come to me and I've had very few people that have said to me that they have had um, a polyamorous or a polycule type of relationship I recently had a lady came to me and she has had um, and she said while it was great for the time in her life so she was in college and there was a huge amount of demands on her so she said it felt like she didn't have the emotional capacity to be in a full monogamous one-on-one relationship and that she did very much enjoy being in a polyamorous relationship and you know she's but then she was coming to me for now a monogamous relationship now that she's finished college and in this place in her life so I'm wondering for some people is it for a time within their life for some people is it um, you know, a way of life that they would choose for forever. That's the great thing about people. There are no rules. 
Exactly. And I suppose you touched on something there. Is it is it a phase? I mean, like like yourself, I've met, met some, but I, I was looking at um uh you know, the motivation for it. What, what are the motivations and what are the, the stated motivations, you know? So if you, in, in the literature, people will generally say that the reason they go into a throuple type situation or 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 bring in one another party into a marriage or into a, um, into a long-term relationship is to bring fresh energy into it. Yeah. Um, they would also, they would also talk about, you know, that it being very... Very nice not to have to rely on just one person for your emotional, psychological and sexual needs. So, yes. you know, again, it's a little to me, it's a little bit like spreading the risk. And I, I, I say that, that. In, a, in a kind of a positive way. I can see the I can see the positives. I yep. can see that 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 you are in some ways it's almost like hedging against the breakdown of the relationship. So yes. you are enhancing it as you go. You are you are working on it. And this is you know, for people who 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 see this as as a a real extension and a real a real plus to their to their uh, relationship, they see this as something that can you know a, a way that can bring in fresh energy that can bring in a new dynamic, and I'm sure that it can. Mm-hmm. And so, does it last? There's an average the 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 average lasting time for the the throuple, if you like, in when it comes into a marriage, is uh, seven years. So. Okay. I'm wondering, is the seven-year itch always around? I think it probably is. I'm sorry. Yeah, well, true luck. It's better to have had love for seven years than to never have had love at all, you know? Yeah, it's a, that's a uh, good I wonder point. then, like, and what happens, like, if is there, like, a conference then and two of them are like, sorry, now, you know, you're gone. Like, oh, that's very tough. Imagine two people breaking up with you, let alone one person breaking up with you, like the rejection. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I'd have yes. to have you on speed dial, so I would. But doesn't that, Mairead, bring you to some of the some of the natural difficulties? Let's just talk about that for a minute. What we're, we, yes. we would imagine. I mean, I, I've obviously spoken with some people around it as well. And I would say, I mean, we all immediately think of jealousy. I'm, I'm thinking of being uh, of one party feeling left out. I'm, I'm thinking of um how do rows get resolved? Is there a sense that that there's now two people agreeing on something and then you have one, you know, outside? Now, another way to look at that is, do you have a mediator? Do you have somebody in there who's 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 going to kind of um, in, in some ways balance the extremes that might yes. be going on in, in the, within the two? So yeah. there can be pluses, you know, that I, I can see there. And I was, you know, I was very struck. I happened to not only read the article, but but listen to the full interview of Dil um, Vic Ramazanke. I hope I have her name right and I may not, but she's um, a very smart and lovely psychotherapist that I've we've often heard about. And she and her wife, Anne-Marie Toole, have moved into a throuple situation. Yes, they are yeah. both psychotherapists. And um, I got the impression from her interview that the the third woman is also in that area. And I suppose that really struck me because not to elevate us psychotherapists in any way, but nevertheless, to do the work, you have to be yes. fairly tuned in. And that's literally just the point that I made a few moments Old ago, story. that you would exactly. have to be like a, a, you know, a very high level of emotional intelligence and self-awareness for it to work for yeah. for everybody, you know? Yes. And and I have to say, even in her interview, she was she was very she was very, very clear about how it began, how how the situation began, the initiation of it, the talking through, very good on communication parameters and all of that. And I would, you know, I would say that they're they're certainly in a very happy place with that. And yes. And and good for them. Um, I think they, as she says herself, she's in a privileged situation of security in, insofar as she's able to share that story because she works for herself and all of that. It's not something that everybody can do and it's not something that everybody, I suppose, would want to do. But she's, again, high profile. Well, I just think it's, thank God. Like, isn't it great we're able to talk about these things, you know? Exactly. Like, honestly... Isn't it fabulous for a couple? Like, uh, I'm assuming the third partner is uh, female as also female as well. Yes, yeah, and I just think it's and fantastic. Also a mother of two children, and they're mothers of two children, and 
you know, they found their way and and I think they've navigated it very carefully and I really do see that but I think it's a high level of skill and a high level of um awareness you know self-awareness yes. as you talked about that that you know she would say you know no issues with jealousy everybody must express their needs early and all of that and of course she's right but they're the they're the they're the difficulties that people navigate we, all of it the doesn't time. yeah it doesn't matter how um well trained you are within psychotherapy i'm assuming and um, yes. you still are not a rock so you're still exactly. going to have human emotions and you still are going to it's like me going on a date you know i still i'm just going to be myself i'm not just going to be like right textbook here is the no. perfect date you know exactly i mean that'd be great but you know yeah, of course. It's like people like people say, because my 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 husband Liam is a, a psychologist. And people used to say, God, you must, you know, you must have you really sort out your eyes. I said, He'd be a prime now. He'd be a prime couple and maybe try this, definitely. <laughs> Indeed. Absolutely. Yeah. But you know, they say, you know, you mustn't fight at all. We fight all the time. I know. We, well, good communication. Work it out. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, fight and argue and get things sorted. You know, yeah. um, I wouldn't say in in a very destructive way for sure. Yeah, yeah. I think but, it's good. I think it's fantastic that we are talking about um, polyamory. I think we're talking about talking about any forms of love, any form of relationship that we're able to talk about. This she's so openly able to talk about it within the Irish media. This is like an article from the Irish Independent yesterday. That's right. And um, thank God, how far we've come. How at last, far we have at come. last. Yes, but I think it's important to say how far we have come and we have, but I would really encourage people not to in any way think that it's commonly out there because yes, not. that is, you know, just because there is an article in the paper, just because there is an interview on Moncrief, it is, I, I do still think it is a rare situation. It is rare, but and, it's nice to know that it's, it's, it's starting conversation. It's exactly starting a conversation and and being positive around it. Yeah. Um, um, but I think it's also important that people shouldn't feel they're they're sort of hanging behind or tagging behind because they're not involved. I mean, I'd like to talk as well, if I may, about yeah. the what I would see as some of the negative sides. Okay. Because I think that um a number of people that I would would have met have have certainly not felt the power to choose. That in yes. some ways it has been brought upon them. And okay. yes. Yeah. And maybe they were already the quiet party in the relationship. Maybe they were already the, you know, there's always somebody a little stronger in a relationship. We're never identical. That's why know? one of our first podcasts is on power, because you see it so much within what you do. Hugely, hugely important factor, I think. And um, so in the ones that I have talked to where, you know, a third party was brought in in an agreed way. And I remember in one instance, the woman, you know, she was saying saying to me, you know, and I really like her. You know, she really, really liked the um, the the girl that had that her husband had, had brought in. But really, he had encouraged her and brought, brought her in. She was not involved in the sexual side of that. And it was so it was really another woman in that in the home. Yeah. And. Yeah. She was utterly friends and all of that. So it was more like a second party. They had moved the person in as well, had they? Yes. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yes. And then it was interesting when I was talking about this uh, very recently, um, uh, someone said to me, oh, you know, um, I know a girl and her her father actually brought the the woman that that he was having an affair with. He moved her into the house and, and that just had to be put up with. And I thought, whoa, well, that's not what we're talking yeah, about no, today. No, that's not. But, no, and it's very but, unfair, actually, to, to treat happen. them like that. Does yeah. and has happened. Um, mm-hmm. look, at your, look at your lovely husband bringing you the tea or something like that, <laughs> is it? Hand well, delivered. I, must, I, leave. I should have shouted to Eileen yeah. in the middle of it all. But, I, must, uh, I must tell you, uh, before we start again, so I was telling Liam about this, and, you know, we do tea, we sort of, we're tea in bed people in the morning. Yeah, yeah. And he said, he said, I don't know. He said, I, I think that could work. He said, that'd be, you don't even have to do tea every third morning. Yeah, I know. Could do tea every third morning. <laughs> I think we should leave that part in, actually. <laughs> so, well, one thing when I, and I've read about this before, um, yes. is because we're talking about, you know, what works and what doesn't work, um, is the Cartman drama triangle i'm sure you would have come across this within psychotherapy um but it's a social model about it's a social model of human interaction and so within most triangles or or groups of three there can be issues now like i have um two sisters 
and we don't kill each other. Like we don't fight really very rarely. Now, in fairness, it does help when lives in Australia and one lives in London. So we don't see <laughs> each other very often. Um, so we, you know, we can manage FaceTimes and everything. But um, I would definitely say we're better in twos than we are in threes. And so for a lot of people, when it comes into threes, the Cartman drama triangle um, says that there's kind of three different personalities or, or people tend to adopt them. So there's the pe- persecutor. Um, they don't value other people's uh, views. They can be quite angry, aggressive, judgmental and bullying within the triangle. Uh, next, there can be the rescuer. It doesn't value other people's capacity or, or ability to kind of look at, to manage themselves or to help themselves. So they can be quite self-sacrificing Um and can nearly be over helpful. Um, and then there's also the, the person that kind of plays the victim, um, doesn't self-value themselves and can very often kind of play, play the part of being helpless or needy um, and being complaining and whining. And within mm. of three, so sometimes if there's three friends in a group, um, now it doesn't always be the case, but if there is that kind of friction within three, very yeah. often within the three, there can be those. So if anybody is kind of dipping their toe into the polyamorous, mm. we'll say the triads or the V, um, more so the triads, um, you know, maybe being aware of that and the part you play and the part that the other people play within that social, how you interact. Construct. Yes. And also how you might argue, because let's face it, a healthy relationship does have arguments. So making sure, you know, where you sit within the persecutor, the rescuer or the victim. So it's just a psychological way to manage the, yes. the triangle. And it's it, it's very helpful because I think really what you're saying there as well is to try and examine your own style. Yes. In- just in the normal, think about it this way. How do you manage in the normal friendship situation? That's it. And like, you know, and even if you have a, a friend group and there's three yes. within the friend group, very often they can fit into these three categories as well. Yes. Funnily, I, I would find, uh, personally, I think that the, the three is almost more difficult than four because yes. you can have the split offness of, you know, couple and couple. But but I think that um, three often brings in difficulties, you yeah. know, just even in friendships. You, yes. often, you know, it's almost like managing and negotiating. Anyway, that's what's happening out there on polyamory. And I think yeah. for the moment, until we get a lot more stories from people, I think that's where we are with it. There are lots of, there are some pluses that people very genuinely report. And I think, uh, and we we're delighted for them, but, and we see that it brings in fresh energy into a relationship. Yeah. It may spice up the sex life without a doubt. Um, that there is, there are some, some pluses in not relying on people on one person. But I also, you know, I would caution is that, it, you know, there are some negative sides that, you know, people may be in a pattern of sort of novelty seeking rather than deepening the relationship. Yes. That is something I would be looking at. There's also, um, there's also a question of, you know, sex addiction. Do people, you know, relate largely through the sexual as opposed to on all other yes. levels? This, um, uh, this is, you know, these are other cautionary notes, I would just say. And is it is it about sort of always bringing in some element of risk and newness that and that can stop a relationship from growing in another direction? That's yeah. really the cautionary note, I think, around those things and making sure you have the power and you feel free to say no. And this is a choice, not something you are settling into or conceding to. Yeah, I think also as well, it needs to be considered. Um, one of the things that kept coming up is, is polyamory illegal when I was um, Googling it? And so it's not illegal, obviously, to have a relationship with two people, but it is, you can only marry one person. And so yes. that might bring its own issues further down the line if it's a long-term situation. Um, so, you know, if someone's already married, they can't marry again. And therefore, if they remarry again, um, they could be done for bigamy. And that is recognised to be illegal. So, you know, even we've we've come very far within Ireland, but, um, you know, it's just no harm to kind of know where it all sits. So another thing that we said we discussed is friends with benefits and obviously situationship. So I'll start with situationship. A situationship yes. is a type of relationship that is not defined by any clear labels or boundaries and exists in a grey area between a casual relationship and a committed romantic relationship. In a situationship, two people may be romantically involved and spend time together, together but there is no clear commitment or expectation or exclusivity. Now, I actually think that this is a very difficult place to be, Stephanie. Yeah. Um, I 
I think it very often happens when there's no clear communication as to what the other person is looking for. I think there's very often this situation when people have slept together too quickly. Now, look, there is no ideal time to actually have sex with your partner um, for the first time. But what I would say is for a lot of women, and we've talked about it before, their bodies are flooded with oxytocin and neuroadrenaline when they have sex. So they think that they're in love with this person and therefore probably a lot more willing to put up with a lot more than they would if they had a very clear mind and wasn't, um, you know, bamboozled by the fabulous hormones or the lure of what they are looking for. For a lot of people then as well with online dating, because they have been talking for a while before they met up, there's a thing called the halo effect. And the halo effect is basically where they tell you a certain amount about them, but you fill in the gaps then after that, making them, you know, putting them up on a pedestal. So I think it's very important Mm -hmm. for a situationship. I think you need to have better communication than just to be in a situationship. If you're in a situationship and there's a gray area and you're not sure what they want and you're not sure if you want or if they've said to you, you know, I'm not really looking for a relationship moment and you're hoping you're going to change their mind and everything. Yeah. You're playing with fire for your own mental health, I would say, as well as everything else. You are setting yourself up for a fall to a certain extent. A situationship um, as well. I think this is when a lot of people, when they're just starting out dating somebody. So they are far enough in that they know they like the person. But they're not far enough in that they have a label of boyfriend and girlfriend. And I think a lot of people during this time will self-sabotage. I think a lot of people at this time will tell their friends about maybe he was late the last two times for a date or something like that. And their friends be like, oh, I just dump him. And they nearly pull the plug a little bit too prematurely instead of being an adult and communicating this because they're so exposed, they're so vulnerable at this stage, especially if they've been hurt before. So I don't think a situationship is a good place to be in. I don't think anybody should really be in. If you're, you know, if you're feeling those sort of feelings, mm. I think that's a good time to communicate. And don't you think, don't you think, Marie, that people stay in situationships for a long time? You know, there's nothing wrong with it being that, as you say, interim phase, you know, sort of it's the beginning and there's a little bit of not lack of clarity and all of that. But uh, and even if that was three months, I would say, yeah, pretty reasonable. You know, somebody might be ending another relationship or clarifying or whatever. It's not the end of the world. But if it's going on for a year and a half. But if you're afraid to say to them, like, and I don't like the question, what is this? Because. You could should really be asking them, what are you looking for? What are you open to? You know, mm. um, I don't like the situation of what is this? Because like that's so Americanized TV stuff. But if you have to ask. Yeah, it is a good question. Like, I, 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 would, I think you can ask a better question, though. You know, I don't okay. think it needs to be what is this? It could be more a case of what are you looking for? Um, yeah. You know, if you're just drifting along. Unfortunately, Stephanie, I meet a lot of people that. I've been in maybe situationships for five or six years. Absolutely. And they're coming to me in the hope of getting away from it. I've had people come to me. There was one couple, I think they've been talking to each other for the last 10 years. And they, on a Saturday night, they um, send each other YouTube videos. So they don't go out with anybody else. Um, They send each other Mm -hmm. YouTube videos over and back on a Saturday night and have bottle of wine. So they actually have a routine for a Saturday night and they've never met each other in person. And he was coming to me in the hope that he would break the cycle. And he kept on asking her, would you like to meet up? And I, I as far as I, I thought he could, they could be anyone. And I said, now I did say to him, have you spoke to her on the phone? Like it is definitely a woman. And he was like, yeah, I've had another lady then as well that they met up once, they had sex once. And then they continued talking to each other. And here it is seven years later mm-hmm. and she doesn't know what it is. Well, I, it's not anything is basically the answer to that. Yes, it's not anything. It's not anything. The reason they're in, as you say, that is because they have a difficulty with clarity. Yes. And so that's why it goes on and it goes on and and it's confusing and it's not going really anywhere Um, that they and maybe you see there's another level. Sometimes people aren't able for the next level. Yes. You know, sometimes this is just maybe enough and they're not, you know, they're not able for the full sexual relationship or the full sexual, emotional and committed relationship. So they're the hovering in that space between casual and committed is happening for a reason. Maybe they are, they, maybe they're, they're struggling with being able to, to commit, struggling with being able to be intimate in the fullest sense, because Mm -hmm. a lot of people can be intimate in the sexual sense, you know, 
as they say, the technicalities of it are not, you know, they, they're, that's okay. But the yeah. full intimacy, which is the sex with with a lot of emotion around it, yeah, is something that they avoid. And I think sometimes people find themselves in this situation where a little of it, but with a little without too much attached is okay. Yeah. And um, keeps everything, as they say, kind of moving forward, but not not forward in any in a particularly po- more more around in circles, I suppose, than than forward is the the word. Yeah, and I think there's a lot of people that might be in the situation because they fancy someone for a while, so they're just you know allowing them to breadcrumb them, you know, so they're willing yes. to accept whatever is an yeah. offer as opposed to um, you know the full whatever it is, you know instead of just asking the questions or. Um, that arises. Like I, that arises, Maraid, a lot out of low self-esteem. I know it does, and, and what, uh, what or loneliness, accept. low self-esteem, and loneliness is what yes. I would say. Those two coming together, and I, I like, I would have seen a lot more of it straight after lockdowns yeah. when people were like, "I just need human contact." Anything. Yeah, anything like yeah. whether it's just even text messages, or whether it's hugs, or whether it's like going mm. on the odd date, or whether it was sex. People were settling is what I would say, as opposed to being conscious. My real feeling on situationships is that unless the very early stages and you're just finding your feet, okay, probably if you're feeling that you're in a situationship, you should have the conversation or communicate better. Not the what is this, but more a case of what would you like and what would you be open to? And then also equally saying what you like. If they say to you, then this isn't the right time. This is not really what I'm looking for. I'm not looking for a relationship at the moment. Listen to them. This is not a good time to convince them or just to wait to see if they change their mind. Um, But I think it's quite an unconscious place to be in. Very early, even three to four weeks, even when it gets to six, seven weeks, you're pushing, it's pushing too far. So if you're listening to this and you're in a situationship for a long time, I think you really need to stop for a moment and think to yourself, what yes. do you genuinely want? What are you hoping for? Are you just being breadcrumbed? Are you allowing yourself just to be brought along for the ride? And are you consciously aware of your own love life or romantic element of your your love your life? I think that's really good advice, Maureen. And I think if I can add to it, that yeah. um, it is not just about asking the other person what they want. This is That's it, you know, being clear about is, what you want. Yeah. It's about because I think that people who are who are in situationships, personally for any more than about four, four months, I would yeah. I would put that as an outside. Yeah. I would say you're stuck. Something yeah, stuck. is stuck. You're either stuck in the acceptance of something that isn't enough for you, or you're you are utterly unaware of something that is driving you to accept yes. something you don't even want. And yes. that is completely the unconscious space. And you know what people often wonder, you know, what can you can you do with that? The moment you put your finger on the unconscious thought that the message that's operating in you, the moment you can lift that up like a like a, a sort of a pebble from under the water and lift it up, you everything changes. So yes. it's there's great possibility for shift, if you like, for the want of a better term, and on um, on that kind of area. And uh, so really, if My, you are stuck yeah. in that situationship, sorry for crossing you, really ask yourself a few questions. What am I feeling? in this situation when I am with him or her. Yes. What am I feeling? Because what people do is they they try to tune out of what they feel and they tune into what the other person sort of wants. And they're kind of more in the pleasing the other person, you know, so that they have them in their life, so that they're they're getting the date going out. Mm-hmm. So stop that. For, try and put a pause button on that and try instead to turn all the questions to yourself. Do I feel better with this person than alone. What about what part of me feels better? What is it I'm really chasing here? What do I love about this person's company? And what what's missing? What else would I love to happen here? Ask yourself the question and write it down. It opens up that conversation with yourself. And I also throw in there the third person in the affair, because just because they're in a relationship or married doesn't make this any more different to a situationship. If you're allowing their relationship status to be the situationship or to define the situationship okay Um, Mm -hmm. again uh, you know really think to yourself is this the situation you want to be in I do unfortunately see a good few people that um, 
come to me that maybe are trying as well to get away from someone they are deeply in love with. They, they are the third person within a relationship and or fourth or whatever. Um, but, you know, and we're not talking about polyamory here. We're talking about an affair situation. Um, so as well, um, you know, I, you shouldn't be, you know, for your own even mental health is what I'm saying here. You shouldn't yeah. be in that situation be, and because I just, and I was going to say unless, but not unless, um, you know, if if they wanted to break up or if they wanted to let them off and do that. If they're the right person for you, they'll come back in six months time when everything is clear and everything is mm-hmm. is cleaned up and everything is, uh, and, uh, you know, your own your own relationship be better on the back of it if, if that is to happen. But yes. what I would say is, please take into consideration as well. A situationship is also having an affair. Yeah. In a lot of cases. And, and I, I mean, I know when we did the infidelity one, I talked a lot about, about the people that I have met who are in the third, you know, who are the third p- part of that yes. triangle. And uh, as you say, with no, no consent or otherwise. And the disappointment, the pain, the aloneness, mm-hmm. the, what, what, what people give up just to have that connection um, yes. is just enormous and they often don't admit it to themselves because they're accepting of it and you are absolutely right you know be careful what you put up with because because time is limited it's yeah. not something you realize when you're 30 but you're giving away precious time and if you're doing one thing in that time there is an opportunity cost you're not in the space where you can build and develop something fabulous that's yeah. the biggest cost of these situations, giving away your precious time, your precious love. And what also happens is it takes so long to recover. I suppose yes. as a therapist, I often say that, you know, people will say, well, you know, does it really matter? Yes, it does matter because you know what? It takes you quite a while to recover from yes. those situations. And, and that's another year or two, you know, so yeah. careful and be trying. I suppose we're trying to encourage people to be a little clearer. Uh, the next thing we're talking about is friends with benefits. It's a type of casual relationship where two people engage in sexual activity without the commitment of a romantic relationship. Uh, in a friends with benefits relationship, the emphasis is on the physical aspect of the relationship rather than the romantic feelings or the emotional connection. Uh, again, this is very often discussed, you know, more that they are just looking for a casual situation. Um, look, there, I think there is definitely a place in society and within people's lives or times in their lives for a friends with benefits situation. Um, if you're able to, some people are not emotionally able to. Again, I would like to remind people and that when you have sex with somebody, your body is flooded with all these hormones. And therefore, very often in a friends with benefits, even though regardless of how well you communicate it, um, it's still complicated. It is still complicated. Yeah, it, it, it can is. be complicated. It yes, it can be, and you can read into things. And the like, we are talking about a very intimate thing. You know, having sex yeah. with somebody. Um, for some people, that is literally just someone calling over to their house, or vice versa, or a hotel, and just having sex and leaving. For other people, it is like a boyfriend experience or a girlfriend experience, where they maybe exactly. go for dinner and they have. I think the older you get, the more of a connection you need with sex. So therefore, you're probably more likely to be a little bit more um, connected. Connected. Yeah, I do think so. And I I would I would very rarely say that somebody doesn't read a little bit more into it than it is. Yeah, I mean, see, I think that's fair and I think that's that's truthful. And um, of course, sex can be simply sex. Um, yes. But uh, and especially if there's lots of drink on board or otherwise, it can be simply sex, sex, sex yeah. and all of that. But if you consistently have sex with one person, which is what friends with benefit is, yes. you're building something there um, and you're trying to keep it neutral because neutral is where it has to stay or where you've kind of agreed it's going to stay. My experience with people on this level is that Often one person might like a little more, but this is what's what's coming, you know, but that's all, all, all you're yes. getting. One person says, look, I, I'm not I'm not prepared to go into a relationship with you, but I really like you. And, you know, mm-hmm. I love this and we, we have, you know, we have a really good sexual connection. And, yeah. maybe, and so somebody settles a little bit there. And so that's a dangerous place to be because you're, you know, in a way you're denying your feeling. You're denying your emotion and the sex will be more complex. So it yes. needs to be simple, I think, to be friends with benefits. So I think one has to be kind of careful with that. The other the other thing that I have found people often come to me with a, a big confusion around that. 
where it has almost been agreed that it's always going to be sex and sex only, but they have become confused and they feel yes. oh, it's, it's building, but now we do more. <laughs> and I would often ask them, but do, you know, what do you, what do you do together? You know, apart from the, the sexual, and it would be no more than watching videos or, you know, having a takeaway together, which is pretty yeah. functional, you know, around it. And, but if you're not out in the world with your partner, if you're not out in the world, dating, meeting others, um, and and being open and to the world that is around you. Well, you are in a clandestine, closed, you know, situationship mm-hmm. or friends with benefits situation where you're not going to, that relationship is not being encouraged to grow. Yeah, I can understand that. And it's just to be straight about that with yourself, isn't it? Yeah, I think there's a place for it and say you're into a particular kink, you know, sexually, or you want to explore things that maybe you might not want to explore if you're in a relationship setting. Like, I Absolutely. think there's uh, there's different types of sex, we'll say, with um, maybe somebody that it's not going to be a long term relationship with versus somebody that you are in a long term relationship Absolutely. with. You might not want to be asked for whatever thing you just wanted to try once every time, you know, or something like that. Yeah, and sex, um, sex is now fun. Sex, yes. you know, it, 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 sex is fun and it can be simple and it can be just fun, but it's not an Olympic sport, as they say, you know, sort yeah. of, you know, there's still, we're still people and there is still, um, you have to be very mindful of yourself and what you're bringing in and out. Absolutely. Again, like there are, there are no rules. If it suits you, it suits both people. It's communicated well. It's all transparent. Mm-hmm. You know, the rules of engagement literally are, are agreed to fun uh, in Absolutely. advance um, but I think it's very important that if your feelings change that you would possibly communicate them um, or and you know it doesn't need to be outwardly but say if you feel that you are starting to grow uh, love with them or something like yes. that you know, that you might say to them, look, I think I'm getting a little bit close here, you know, and that is that is uh, unfortunately the risk of the game uh, as yes. such. And, you know, maybe saying to them, we might cut out the, the date aspect of it or whatever it is. But I think there has to be very clear. And I think if one of you are to then meet and you have to think about this, if you were to meet someone that is going to turn into a long, you know, someone else that's a long term relationship, I think it needs to be cut off quite quickly. It can't just continue to, to roll. Be, yeah. Um, you know, there has to be kind of a clear mm. definition in it. Um, I think personally, I would think in younger years, it might be a little bit easier than older years. I don't know. I just think at my age, I need a connection with somebody. I just can't have just yeah. sex with somebody, you know? Well, I, you see, I think there's a few things around that. First of all, when you're when you're in your 20s, you're exploring. Yes. And okay. sex, is, sex is, and you're not really looking for a big, huge relationship, you know, no. so. Totally entitled to explore. Um, I, I think also, as you say, rightly, as you get older, maybe you need, you, you know, you're becoming clearer on what you really, really need. It's mm-hmm. just that sex can be fun. I think that's absolutely fun, but just be be clear and clean with yourself about yeah. where it's going. Um, yeah. Uh, I think as well, when we're talking about all of these, because very often we're talking about multiple partners and non-committed relationships and everything. Um, I think we need to absolutely fly the flag of safe sex. Yeah. You know, and if you're afraid to have a conversation about safe sex or how you would like to approach safe sex, uh, I really think you need to question the person you're having sex with or the person you're in these types of relationships or situationships or friends with benefits with. Um, I Like just because you have had sex with someone 10 times, like the doesn't mean you shouldn't be having safe sex with them. You don't know who else they're sleeping with as well. So sure. like that's hugely, hugely important because it's a huge problem in Ireland at the moment. Can I revert to just something that I meant to mention there and um, it just went out of my head in, in the in the discussion and it was that sometimes I would often encourage people, you know, almost like a transition relationship, you know, where it, it's almost to get over one situation, you know, it mm-hmm. can, that having, and, and I do think this, that yes. it's a very, there can be a very positive aspect to Definitely. having simple sex, if you like. And yes. I, I would think of it that way, where... Where somebody has felt quite, you know, they're trying to get over something, they're trying to get over a relationship, maybe where they were made to feel bad about themselves, or maybe they just feel bad about themselves after it, or whatever, uh, or sad or broken or, you know, all of that. Sometimes just being involved in a simple, positive sexual situation can be very healing, very empowering. Very liberating, yeah. Very liberating. And I would often encourage that with, you know, after a, a breakup, keep it simple. 
And because it gives you back your your feeling of being desired, being, being attractive, um, feeling your own sexual kind of power again in a way, all of those things. So there is a real place for that. And definitely. Uh, and I suppose I just didn't want to leave without without mentioning that positive aspect of the simple and casual. Yeah, yeah, and I also think there's a rule, there's a room for exploration for a lot of people in Ireland. Like a lot of people that come to me, they got married in their early twenties. You know, a lot of clients may become in their fifties and sixties, especially who've gotten married in their very early twenties. Maybe only have had sex with one person, and now they're broken up with that person and they're finding it very hard to move on like as far as I'm concerned but there might be no harm to have a casual relationship or a friends with benefit situation to explore you know what sex is yeah because if you've only had sex with one person like let's how do you know you weren't having not great sex you know like uh, sex should be good or for a lot of people it should be Um, and what I would say is as well like if there's a particular kink you would like to try or anything like that like it's there is a place for it 100% 100%. once everybody is consenting once everybody knows and communicates well what what it is um, and I think the great thing is try everything twice because Mm. you might just have had a a hiccup on the first situation so why not try it a second time you know I don't think hiccups are an issue no, I don't think hiccups are an issue. Very good. <laughs> no, I get you. Absolutely. And I think what we're saying there is, look, you know, you know, you know, I'm in the serious frame of where these things yeah. are, and so are you, um, Maraid. But we we we're we're I suppose trying to also today show that we can see the full circle of things. And Absolutely. um but but we are still Ireland. And yeah. we're not, we're only 25 years, as they say, from, I think it's coming up 28 now, from divorce being accepted in Ireland. And yeah. um, and I would say, you know, we're only 25 years before that when people, when condoms were brought into the country. <laughs> so legally. So there has been... And here been, we are talking about polyamory and troubles. Exactly. And- <laughs> so I don't, I yeah. really, and I think that's why we're all a little slow on all of these things. And I think you know, a bit like we would say individually, you've got to listen to yourself yeah. and you've got to listen to what's right for you. I think as a country, we're not there. That would be my view. We are not at that point. I have not heard it. I've heard so few people asking for it, um, asking for um, sort of, is this the way I should go? Um, yeah. Definitely not. I'm not saying it won't happen. I'm not saying it isn't a slight correction, but it's still, in my view, very rare. Can I also put as a side note here, if I ever go missing and they need to look at my re- my history of what I've Googled on my laptop, <laughs> you please let them know that they're not looking in that area. That was just for research for the podcast. Because honestly, I was looking for something the other day. Yeah, I was looking for something the other day and I was like trying to find a website. So I went back into my search history and I was like, oh my God, what am I looking up for this podcast? You know, so anyway, I just want to put that as a side note if I ever go missing, you That's know. very good, very <laughs> funny. Yes, my own wouldn't look too good either. <laughs> yeah, brilliant. Thank you, Stephanie. You have been listening to Tough Love Podcast. If you would like to get in contact with myself or Stephanie, contact us at toughlove.ie. And again, if you'd like to share stories of your experiences, maybe with polyamory um, uh, or open relationships or friends with benefits, or is there something that you would like us to discuss on the podcast, please get in contact with us at toughlove.ie.